0: Welcome everyone to the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Let's go. You are listening to episode 176, and today we have David Ralph. David Ralph is an extremely attractive host of the top-ranked online show, Join Up Dots, where in each episode he takes his guests on a journey of discovery following the words of the late Steve Jobs, somebody who is very important in my life, and I'm sure we're going to ask a lot of questions about that. Uh, David is an ex-corporate trainer with a wife, five kids, a grandson, a cat, and a snail that might actually be dead already, but you know who can tell? David, welcome to the show
1: thank you thank you very much for having me here and can i say that jonathan wrote that all the the attractiveness everything i didn't give that link to you i didn't give that bio did i jonathan
0: absolutely not no i mean i'm just going off of my own my own belief <laughs> system here which is yes you are an extremely attractive man and i have no shame in saying it on live podcasts so but before and we. Nor should you, nor you should you, exactly. sir. You,
1: you, you don't want to alienate anyone, do you? You got
0: you to embrace it. But before yeah. we get into all that podcast and that business stuff, we have to talk about what's really important here, and that's food. So the first question I'm going to ask you Imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat, and what are you going to order to make your day complete?
1: Well, I must admit, I'm a kind of old school English guy. So I like a what we call over here a Sunday roast. I don't know if you have Sunday roasts in America, where you basically have roast potato and gravy and peas and broccoli and gravy and you all sit around a table, a bit, bit like your Thanksgiving dinner, I suppose, mm. or your Christmas dinner. We like to have those every single Sunday. So um, I would possibly go to my local restaurant that is really cheap. And if I make my daughter look younger than, 10 she eats for free which go. is always good so i um she's actually 13 looking more like a woman but i get <laughs> her to put on bunches and stuff and 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 sort of going on a scooter that's what i would do go there for go. the sunday roast yeah that's
0: one thing in particular that doesn't get a lot of uh publicity uh in 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 england um that sunday roast
1: Does it not? It should do. Every place does a good Sunday roast. We have two things. We have an all-day breakfast where for the whole day you can have sausage, bacon, eggs, baked beans all on a plate. That's the all-day breakfast and it never stops, which is brilliant. And we have the Sunday roast. And those two are the staple diets.
0: Interesting. Listen, I'm all for that. Uh, I'm totally down to partake in that whenever uh, and if given the opportunity. Um, sounds like an amazing day of bliss for me so it would be.
1: yes you come across here and I will take you around to our local All right. And consuming that like a master
0: there you go it's a date so the first real question David is tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business and how did you overcome those obstacles
1: well I'd be a liar to say if I didn't feel that every day. Now there's certain things in business that you you master and you've worked through those issues but every day you should be growing you should be moving into areas that you don't know about and you haven't got the answers so I do a lot of walking now where I leave the business behind and just go for a stroll through our country and we've got a castle near us so we walk through the countryside up to the castle and it's lovely windswept and sort of blowy and I gain clarity by not trying to force the issue Because I know that when I'm sitting there behind my PC and I'm desperately trying to think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to not? So in answer to you, Jonathan, I think I'd be a liar to say that. More often than not, I have days like that. More often than not, I certainly have weeks like that when I think I don't know how to sort this out, but I I leave it behind. And that's been a a game changer for me. And Oprah gave me that bit of advice. On my show, I actually play a clip where Oprah sort of says, just be quiet and just do the next right thing. Um, And I don't think for a long time I was allowing myself to be quiet enough. So I switch off. I disconnect, and off I go for a walk, and more often than not, I get the answer.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, something that I find really intriguing about just your overall journey of, of life um, has been that that ability to, to help others, um, that mm-hmm. ability to share other people's stories. You've had a podcast for four years now, um, and you're still doing it, and you're doing it extremely well. I've had the luxury of being on the podcast. Um, that aspect of just constantly helping others has that been able to help bring clarity uh to your overall mission in life
1: no i think that prop that desire to help others actually is a bad thing to have in business now mm. it leaves you at the beginning it leaves you As somebody said to me, with the the cheaples or freeples, she called them, the cheaps or the free. And your desire to help people naturally takes you down a path where you're giving, 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 giving Mm. and not actually getting anything back. Now, we all would like to have a business that we provide huge value to people and people gain a lot from it. But ultimately, we have to run households and families. And I found it a struggle at the beginning. I was literally working for free all the time time and mm-hmm. listeners would connect with me oh could I just have half hour of your time can I have an hour of your time and I'd be building platforms and stuff for them because I had that desire to help but you've got to nip that in the bud and you've got to say actually I'm a businessman and you're a customer you need to pay me so I think mm-hmm. it was a it was a huge problem and it's something that I still struggle with because at my heart I want to help people and I want mm-hmm. them to do well for themselves
0: yeah So one of the hardest things to do in business is to consistently progress your, your brand, your, your business, your sales, et cetera. Being that you are a, a podcaster and being that you are a, a true business professional, what are some ways that people can gain their notoriety in podcasting, can grow their audience?
1: it's a it's a key thing actually to this there's there's many different answers but one of the things i was just actually having a a sort of mentoring session there's a lady in delaware that i know personally and we kind of we we mentor each other and we we support each other and she was saying that most people don't grow out of their container Mm -hmm. and what she was saying that you get to a certain point in business and you think that's good enough but you stay in your office doing the same things all the time and you've got to get bigger and bigger now in podcasting it's quite easy to get hundreds of thousands of listeners per month coming to you just by sitting in front of your microphone and doing your thing but you get to that supersonic stage where Mm -hmm. it gets a bit judgery how do you get through there how do you get through there to get to the the millions and the two millions and that is step away from it that is step away and get clarity and understanding and brand awareness and you do that by connecting with the bbc trying to get on the tonight show and doing everything that has nothing to do with your day-to-day tasks but it has everything to do with your skill behind it. So I have noticed uh, a, a big shift in my business, where I've now got a book out. Um, I've got a new website being built at the moment. And it's taking me away from behind the microphone, more to the outside world networking conferences, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's how you grow a podcast, you start by doing the microphone thing. But then you get to a point where you actually have to say enough of this, I've got to branch out, mm. and you need to use your network, if that makes sense.
0: No, I mean, makes complete sense um we at what do you know what episode that you thought about this and it hit you and you're like you know what i need to start i need to start going through because i feel like a lot of a lot of podcasters they get to like 30 and then they hmm. stop uh because they don't see traction you're yeah. at what number exactly
1: A 1022 or something
0: yeah insane numbers uh dedication consistency all proven um I'm at 170, what did I say, 176, so I have a long ways to go. Do you remember the time, the period of when you were like, you know what, it's starting to get get traction, and then the second thing would be, now I need to turn it and monetize it?
1: I did two clever things, I think, at the beginning. Number one, I decided I was going to be a podcaster. Mm. And it doesn't matter what you do, if you decide you're going to do it, then you've got to keep on doing it. You know, you don't have Messi saying, oh, i just play football whenever I fancy mm-hmm. he's got to do it all the time when he wants to when he doesn't want to because you've got to be professional so at the very beginning I remember seeing this guy and I'd never heard of him in the United Kingdom and he's named Dave Ramsey and you probably know him quite well over in America and I looked at his figures and it was something like 8,900 episodes or something stupid like that and I looked at that and I thought Okay, 8,900 episodes. It never dawned on me that people generally stop after 30 or stop after the 40. I just thought, okay, 10,000 episodes, that's what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So I set quite high milestones. So I set the first one at 100, and then 500, and then 1000. So I knew that I'd got to get to 1000, because I'd already defined where my business was going to be at that stage. And what I didn't want to do, I didn't want to create join up dots, my business as something where I'm scrabbling around for cash to keep it alive. Because with a podcast, you do have to grow it. And so I did several other income streams, which literally allowed me not to have to worry about the income coming through my podcast until it was right. And the right for me is when I don't actually have to be in front of the computer, in front of the microphone all the time. You know, I don't know anyone who actually says, yeah, I want to become an entrepreneur just so that I can sit in a room on my own for 100 hours a week. Mm-hmm. We all think that we're going to be swanning around, having nice afternoons and then doing a bit of and a bit of that but if you're not careful you can chain yourself in by opening yourself up to multiple clients multiple income streams multiple pressures that actually keep you away from that core thing you wanted to do right at the very beginning so that that's what i did i set big benchmarks Hundred, five hundred, and a thousand. I knew that I had to do it for ten thousand episodes, twenty thousand episodes, and I also knew that the majority of opportunities that came my way would be pulling me away from what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be a podcaster. I didn't want to be, you know, uh, a life coach. I didn't want to be whatever that people sort of gel on. I wanted to be a podcaster, so that's what I did.
0: Yeah, I mean, from your background as a as a trainer, I'm sure that that had to leave some type of way because. Why would you want to get back into a relatively similar uh, aspect of business, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny. There's a lot. You know, my show is called Join Up Dots. And what that means is that you are put in a position where you've got all the skills to do something. And you can't actually see how you got there until you look back and you join up the dots. Now, I ran away from training. For a long time because I used to be a trainer I used to do that so when I started becoming a podcaster I thought to myself last thing I want to do is that I've done that but actually I realized later on that it actually wasn't too bad there were certain elements of it that was good and fun and enjoyable now if you can take a profile and a brand awareness where somebody actually says you know to for example if you had Harrison Ford, for example, come to public speak. You're not going to pay him a hundred dollars. You're going to pay him a hundred thousand dollars because of his profile. And it made me realise that the more that I create my profile on my show, the more my money is going to go up. Doing stuff that naturally was a fit, but I didn't get paid for it very well beforehand. And so it's a totally different ball game, you know. And I would do training courses left right and center if the money is right and you've got to grow one side of your business to get the other side does that make sense
0: it makes complete sense absolutely and so i would like to actually talk about the the growing of the money thing because from what i see the people of the instagram the instagrammers of the world the people that are constantly posting about using hashtags like hustle um work you know working their butts off nine to nine to four three four in the morning whatever it may be um take me through that journey how you actually became that uh, you monetized the podcast right you said that you had to supplement relatively the the income like how were you able to take a person that's listening to this show and then bring them into your community turn them into a customer sell them whatever it is that you're trying to sell and then maybe there's like some affiliate aspects of it as well but I would love to hear just some things that have worked really well for you that you could share with others I'm sure it's, it's in your book, too.
1: Well, it is, absolutely. But one of, one of the things that I didn't do, I didn't try to make money from the podcast, mm. first of all. Um, I looked at growing an audience, first of all. So I wasn't ever pressured about not having the right email opt-ins, having the right lead magnets, because I didn't actually have anything to nail on the back of the podcast. Yeah. I just wanted to learn the skills of being A very good podcast host. And I benchmark myself against people like Howard Stern, for example, I think he's a legend, the the way he phrases a question, and he gets the the juicy stuff. Um, And so I did a lot of research and a lot of practice to to become good at that. So the money part wasn't an issue, I didn't care about it. What I did do was build a holiday site um, called WhatsApp Florida Keys, which is 100% passive income. And I thought to myself, if I can build something that gets quite a lot of traffic. Um, that brings passive income, as I say. That's going to give me breathing space, and I, I see that as the, the the position that kills most dreams. When people actually have to accept that there's, there's a reality that needs to be maintained. Mm. People have to pay their bills. They have mm-hmm. to buy food. They have to get clothes for the kids. And I didn't want my dreams of creating something worthwhile to break down just because of the fact that I was only doing this yep. route.
0: Yep. Yep. So
1: I did multiple routes and some of them very lucrative, some of them aren't. Some of them go up, some of them go down seasonally. But overall, Every bill that I had on a monthly basis was paid. Now, I'm not saying at that stage I was rich by any stretch of the imagination. We had to um, cut our cloth, and where we used to have like two or three holidays a year, we just have one nice holiday and things like that. But that's how I did it. So I didn't focus in on the um, listeners as money. But now, it's a totally different ballgame. And what we're doing in Join Up Darts is we are using the traffic that I've got to actually solve people's problems by taking those clients and positioning them with somebody across the world, it may not necessarily be me, who is an expert in that thing. Mm -hmm. And then we work an affiliate rate between them. So somebody might come along to me, they go through my um, courses and they say, David, I've got an issue with this beforehand i might have said well i don't know anything about that i can't do anything now i can say i know jonathan jonathan's the man for me let me refer him so that's what we're doing we're building into that so once again it's a, a way of a, me bringing money in solving the problems for the listener but not actually having to do the work myself because in the end you're being pulled from pillar to post
0: I'm i'm curious because i feel like there's a lot of trainers there's a lot of marketers out there that are constantly saying things like you need the perfect script, the perfect email sales funnel, the perfect opt-in forms. Do you believe in, in that and what is your approach to there, that, that side of marketing?
1: Put it this way, I don't use Twitter, I don't use Facebook, I don't use Instagram, I don't really use any social media at all. All Mm -hmm. I do is know how to grow an audience exponentially on iTunes. And that means it comes back to me all the time. Now you can't take away the fact that ultimately business is human to human. And I think that is where the sales funnel should start. And that's why I think a podcast is so valuable. People are listening, they're getting a connection, they're they're finding an intimate relationship with that podcast host before they actually come in so my i had sales funnels built for me and to be honest they were too complicated there was this magnet going there there's onto an A Weber list and it was i couldn't actually understand why all this stuff was happening and why i couldn't actually speak to these people so i find that the best sales funnel is quite simply a 30 minute call you know, and just say to somebody, let's have a talk, let's have a chat, let's find out your issues. This is how I can solve it for you that's my price yeah and at the end of the day i do that um and so i don't take many clients because i don't like sort of one-to-one clients i try to push them into a group scenario but that's what i do and then subsequently i only have to provide the the training resources that they need and then i do maybe one or two group meetings on zoom which is great you can connect with people and it's like the brady bunch you've got all the faces all over the place Mm -hmm. and you can sort of like Um, facilitate that and it gives me the chance to do everything so with my whole business as it stands join up dots itself the podcast is just three days a month i don't do any other podcasting um, and i don't do anything unless there's a scalable element Mm. other than that initial connection with the person yeah and i think i think people shoot themselves in the foot they try to get too clever they try to think that they only have to sit on a beach with things whizzing off and going all automatic and i was there that, that's how i thought it was but now i realize you can cut out all that and you can just have a conversation with people and if they don't like it they don't like it but at the end of the day you're solving their issue
0: yeah from what it seems like you're going the the i would say relatively grassroots approach where <laughs> you are not worrying about the uh, the perfect side of marketing you're building a genuine audience where the other person on the other end, the other person that's listening to your content, understands who you are and your values and your beliefs. Would you say that's yeah.
1: accurate? I think that's totally accurate. And I used to promote heavily, and I got to a point where I was getting about 25,000 listeners a day and in podcasting sense that's great but it was killing me Mm. and I was having to get up and set up six tweets to go out and doing Facebook material and promotional images and all this kind of stuff and I just thought that's it's not fun I can't do this anymore and so I stopped and my audience went straight down and it made me realize at that point then that wasn't an audience that was just like interested clickers that was you know or whatever they are and so I went from that point I went really grassroots and I thought why well, okay I'm happy to go down to nothing and start working it up working it up and now I get about 150,000 a month and in podcasting sense that's great yeah. um, bear in mind I don't do any promotion all I do is record a podcast and I put it out to the world you know yeah. um, but it the, the people that are coming to the show actually are coming you know And that's it. Once you get that audience of real people, then emails, 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 leads come through all the time and you can't stop it.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you get this question asked all the time, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, If there's somebody that that you could have on your podcast that you haven't had yet, um, dead or alive who would you like to have on that podcast episode who would you want to have on the podcast and what question would you want to ask
1: paul mccartney without a doubt and i don't know if you've seen the carpool karaoke oh that was
0: amazing
1: that yeah. was so and cool it, and it was so amazing for so many reasons and i'm a great mccartney fan i love the beatles and A lot of people say, my wife says, oh, he can't sing like he used to anymore. I go, well, he's 76. And she says, you know, why doesn't he stop? And on that carpool karaoke, I said, why would he stop? Look how happy he's making people. You know, everyone who met him, everyone who got a photo, everyone that was in a secret gig and stuff, they were just made up. They couldn't believe it. And I think that... It would be the question that I would ask him. I would say, when you stop making people really happy, would you then stop? Mm. You know, I think that would be that. That would be the question that I would really like to know because it must be wonderful, but also draining as well. Everywhere you go, you're the one, one of the most famous people in the world. But he was just so humble. Yeah. He was just so down to earth. He was just like somebody's dad. Yeah. And I, I thought, if that little clip, that 23-minute clip on the Late Late Show, mm-hmm. doesn't win a daytime Emmy or a nighttime Emmy or whatever, I think there's something wrong because I think it's it's human. And it shows that everyone, no matter how famous they are, they start somewhere, yeah. you know, and they keep on working. And you might get to the sexy point when they're on the Ed Sullivan show and the you know the Shea Stadium stuff, but he still spent hours sitting on the toilet playing his guitar, you mm-hmm. know, with nothing other than passion and dreams. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be the person that I would look for.
0: Yeah, I mean that uh I do couldn't agree more with you. It humanized him. I think for the first time in a really long time, at least from what I've seen. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Beatles fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I can say when I watched that, I was glued to the to the uh, to my phone and. I watched every minute of it, and I—it was just cool. I remember I was watching it with my my girlfriend. I remember like, this was a, 22 minutes well spent. I think it was like 22 minutes long. Um, I so uh, David, what I would like to do now is shake the conversation up just a little bit. And uh, before I do, I did my own research, even though you said that you aren't necessarily big on uh, on social media. Um, I did my research and I found some. Instagram posts that you have posted and I just had my, a daughter, of...
1: my daughter posted those actually I, right. I hired my daughter she's 10 years old <laughs> I was I was getting her to create a business and I paid her 10 pounds a month which was a lot at, for a 10 year old but yeah so go for it
0: so this one in particular I just want to know if this is you because I just thought it was hilarious but basically <laughs> no, that... it's a picture just to kind of talk to the people who um, who are listening to this it's a picture of somebody uh, butt naked pretty much and they're about the skydive and the caption says not sure who has the best view or worst view
1: yeah no that isn't me but to be honest that is something that I would quite like to do <laughs> I, I, I like that feeling of just you know shocking myself And I imagine that would be quite shocking to just sort of like be whizzing down. So I think if I ever did skydive, and I have no intention of it, because every plane that I've ever been on always lands, so I don't see why anybody wants to leap out, but I think I would have to do something like that. So that could be a photo of me in the future.
0: There you go. I like that. I respect that. And my last question about your Instagram in particular is just this picture. Uh, And it's a picture of Steve Jobs holding, I believe, an iPhone... Four, it seems like um, I don't know if you knew this I think I actually mentioned it on the show but I used to work for Apple and I worked for Apple uh, when Steve Jobs passed away and I was in the store I was uh, in, in the uh, just talking to people and the mood of that day was like unlike anything I've ever experienced Like we all lost a true brother a true friend mm-hmm. a leader that day and your podcast, Join Up Dots, is surrounded by this vision of, of Steve Jobs. There's quotes that you, that you eloquently post throughout the course of the conversation. What is it about Steve Jobs that has led you down this path of Join Up Dots, that has led you down this pat, path of honoring his, his, uh, his life? So what is it about Steve Jobs that has led you down to who you are today?
1: But it's funny, I don't think I really honour his life as such, yes, my show is called Join Up Dots and it's based around a speech that Steve Jobs did back in 2005 when he stood up at Stanford University and he said, I'm just going to tell you three short stories. And one of them was that he, you can't see how you get to somewhere until you look back and connect the dots. And a guy gave me that speech when I was in corporate land and I was sitting at my desk and he'd gone off to the dentist and he came back. He said, I a read of this. This is really good. And I read it and it just touched me somehow. I thought I understand totally what you're saying here. You, you don't have the answers. You don't know how it's going to pan out, but you're willing to keep going at it. And for some reason, that really hit home. Mm. And so I was in a pub with a guy, and I said to him, "I'm going to start a podcast." And he said, "What's a podcast?" I said, "Well, it's like a radio show." And he said, "Well, what do you know about radio shows?" I said, "I don't know anything about it. I don't. But I'm going to do it." And he said, "Well, what's it going to be called?" I said, "Join up dots." And And he said well what does that mean and I told him and he went oh yeah I get that and that was the first time I thought I think I'm onto something here and it really took me by surprise how many people actually say to me I've either just listened to that speech or I listen to that every month or 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 whatever very very rarely does anybody say anything about it now I'm fascinated with Steve Jobs now You know, I I watched the Ashton Kutcher film, which I really enjoyed, funnily enough. Um, It got slammed for many different reasons. And the um, Michael Fassbender one, I watched that. And I've been watching the documentaries, Jobs Against um, Bill Gates. And what I like about him is not what he created, but the reasons why he created it. You know, there was more reasons for him to fail than actually come out like he did. And more often than not, those reasons were his own that he he screwed up on. But because of his screw-ups, he actually became stronger. And that, to me, is the biggest defining point of Steve Jobs and the whole story. He would not be where we remember him without all the dark times. He had to go through those because the arrogance went out. And when he went to Pixar and Pixar wasn't doing very well and then next... He started losing his own money, and up to that point, he was always playing with other people's money. So it was just like Monopoly. And at that point, he suddenly flipped and he realised that he was a custodian to a company's finances. It wasn't a playground. So when he came back to Apple and he started looking at all the inventions that were going on and said, right, we we'll cut those out and we we'll just do four or whatever, you know. And he he, he was that person because of his faults. And I think every person in life has got that. And I find, you know, Jonathan's got that and I've got that. And you look at where you are now and you go, yeah, uh, yeah, I can see this. I can see this. And funnily enough, the dark times, the bad times are actually the ones that you look back on. You go, oh, that was dreadful. That was really bad. But thank God for that. So, yeah, I I don't I I don't go for his life, but I do go for that spirit. Mm -hmm. And if we can all tap into that spirit of let's make something happen but let's make the best thing we can do happen i think the world would be a lot better because i think a lot of people just start and finish you know yeah. podcasters for example 30 shows you bought the microphone you've set it all up you know you do 30 shows and you give up on it why it could become something amazing see what can happen yeah
0: no love that answer and thank you so much for that uh for that honesty there i have two final questions the, the, the next one that I'm going to ask is a one that I'm just gonna put you directly on the spot. I uh, hope you're ready, but I would love an absolute honest answer. Yeah. What is your dream?
1: My dream is to make my kids proud and to actually inspire them to take control of their life. Now, if you'd asked me this two years ago, three years ago, I would have said, I wanted the biggest show on earth. I wanted, and it was all me, me, me kind of stuff. Mm. It was, you know, it was what I wanted. But now I look at my kids and I think my son is 16. um, My youngest daughter's 13 and they're at prime to see their dad actually creating something so they don't have to go off and just do a job because it's money. They don't have to go off and do something. You know, They can do what they want and they can make a go at it. And if it takes 10 years, then so be it. You'll be 26 and you've got the rest of your life doing something amazing. You know, Don't settle. Just go for it. So that is what I want. That's my dream. I want my kids to really know that they don't have to be like I was. 25 years working in an office in London just getting the paycheck they can actually have a life where not only does life and play blend in but so does work as well and you don't know what you're doing and I think Jonathan you're very much in that camp where you will go out and you will you're creating something remarkable and you will fly your drones and you know you will have conversations and is it work is it play what is it? it's your life and why can't you create that life to be what you want it to be so that's my dream
0: beautiful love it my final question the blind entrepreneur this podcast was defined as a person who may be temporarily lost or blind in business they cannot see the obvious Um, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur that's currently blind in
1: business i would say first of all start as soon as possible it doesn't have to be the big thing. It just has to be something. And it's going to take longer. You know, if you think it's going to take six months, it's going to take a year. And if you think it's going to take a year, it's going to take four years. You know, just just know that it's going to take damn sight longer because you don't know what you don't know until you find out you don't know it. And that's the problem. And with everything, it comes a point where, and it leads into my second thing, really, you're going to get money issues that you know that to get to that next stage, you've got to get money, and you haven't got the money coming in, and do you take that risk to put it in? I would say to everyone, as soon as you start, save 20% so that you can invest it back into the business. And you may not use it, but every month, keep on getting that 20% because suddenly you've got two or three grand that might help you develop a new website or something that will push you on, so that would be it. Um, And I think the third thing I would say is don't compare don't compare to anyone other than maybe two really look at two people in your environment you want to go that are the best the best of the best you know and i'll be honest there's this i don't compare on any podcasters but there's two people that i do look at or three at a push and that is we've already mentioned one of them howard stern I just love the way that he can ask a question and the guest says, I'm not answering that. And five minutes later, they're answering it. You know, and it's, it's amazing how he does that. Secondly, Neil Patel, who is the marketing guy. I love what he talks about. I always look at his stuff. It's factually brilliant, you know, and also the, the podcaster, Pat Flynn smart passive income but he's built a personal brand that is a business and he's got a family involved you know and he seems a genuinely nice guy so i only look at like three people and that is that gives me clarity i don't worry about all the other stuff i don't go onto facebook at all um i do for my own stuff and i've actually got this google chrome thing called um newsfeed eradicator And so when I go on to Facebook it has nothing about anybody else it's just me so I go on there for seconds answer questions and stuff and you don't get pulled into that oh my god Jonathan's doing that. I'm only doing this oh Hmm. my life's rubbish he's is brilliant and all that kind of stuff so that would be the three I would say it's gonna take longer don't compare and invest back in your business as soon as possible to give yourself that chance to grow when it gets a bit dicey
0: very cool very cool well David thank you so much For your time this morning to talk about your life experiences and everything in between. Uh, I'd like to give the next 30 seconds to you in its entirety to promote whatever it is you have going on. Maybe the book, maybe the business, maybe the podcast, whatever you want to do. Tell everybody how they can learn more about you, be a part of your journey, and potentially become a customer.
1: Well, the best way is come over to join up dots. At the moment, if you come straight away, it might be down for maintenance. Um, but that is the open um, portal for everything. But of course, if you want to know about podcasting, you can either go over to Amazon and find Podcasters Mastery, or if you want either a one-to-one course or a group coaching, um, you can go over to Podcasters Mastery on com. Uh, I promise you, I'm not cheap. If you want to just launch a podcast, go off to YouTube because you can do that no problem at all but if you want to know how to grow a life-changing income that's what i do
0: there you go david it's an absolute honor man and thank you guys that are still watching and listening for always liking commenting and subscribing don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on youtube and head over to tbeshow.com for more interviews go out there and execute your vision everybody have a good rest of your day